I have learned more through misfortunes, and I'll bet you would say an amen to that, than I ever learned through my successes. You learn a lot about yourself from adversity. <laughs> it teaches you a lot about yourself. Difficulties, troubles, trials, they're the most beneficial experiences, the greatest teachers in our lives. Welcome to the 9 to 5 podcast, conversations with Christians about lives of faith, integrity, and excellence at work. They are from Christians in Commerce, a ministry supporting and encouraging men and women to be Christ in their workplaces. We hope you enjoy this episode. This is the concluding part of the talk begun in the last episode, Finding Your Particular Calling. In it, Steve Becker shares about misfortune as a great gift in God's hands. God is writing a story on your life. You've been redeemed to be co-workers of God's great project. How has it unfolded in your life? I had lunch today with a brother. We sat across and I asked him to tell me his story. And he just validated all of this because there's a thread in every one of our lives. If we're young, it's there and it's got to be developed. If we're older, we can look back. One of the nice things about being my age, I pretty much know how my life's going to turn out. There's not a whole lot of options, but I can look back over my life and see how God has kept me on a particular abilities, role, things that I do, and how he's developed that over the years. Psalm 139 reminds us that we are each are formed and wonderfully made, so what's the gifts, skills, and abilities the Spirit has and is informing in each one of us? Where can we be the best use, most helpful in our service? What's our core purpose? It's not about me or being personally fulfilled. It's about working for our Father. That's our North Star. How can I serve you, Lord? How can I take what's wrong and make it right? So these three truths, recognizing our significance, cooperating with the Holy Spirit, pursuing humility of heart, are essential to figuring that out. With that foundation, let's talk about discovering our particular calling. As I said, it can be subtle and and evolving. Specifics will vary. The trajectory, though, will emerge. The road may be crooked, but the path is straight. And God said, not always orderly, but somehow seems very orchestrated. And I bet you if you reflect on your own experience, you would say the same sort of thing. God, God wants us to know our purpose. It's not like he's trying to keep it a mystery from us. He wants us to fully engage with it and participate in it. He wants to help us to be good and faithful servants working for our Father. By paths unknown to them, I will guide them. I will turn darkness into light before them and make a crooked way straight. These things I will do for them, and I will not forsake them. Clarifying our core purpose allows us to be more effectively serve God and others for the good works which he has prepared beforehand to do. Now, towards the end of my time at this agency, I got thrown into a project. It was called the Self-Managed Career. This is actually the worksheet that I had to draw for. I mean, you can see we went through 13 different exercises to figure out what our core purpose was, and then the middle is my core purpose. You know, Myers-Briggs tests, interviews with people, Weaknesses, I'm here to tell you, I got a better way to get at this. <laughs> it certainly reinforced a lot of things for me, and uh, it was kind of a project. But I think there's only three things that you really have to find your way through. 
I mean, they, they left no stone, un, no stone unturned. But here's the three things I will tell you that matter. First of all, this is from Tim Keller. This just resonates. These are actually in no particular order. It could happen in any order. But these three things have to come together. What are your abilities? And what do others say that you're good at? I didn't say, what do you think you're good at? What do others say you're good at? I mean, I could tell somebody I'm a great singer. But if nobody wants to listen to me, I'm not a good singer. So what are you good at? And I think it's good to get people to tell you, well, what stands out for you? What do you think my gifts are? Where, do, where can I make a contribution? What's most useful about me to you? That's, these aren't something we take pride in. They're something we're responsible for. Putting them to good use, everybody gains. In the parable of the talents that we ta- that talked about, there, everybody got double except the one guy who didn't do anything with it. The guy who had five got ten, or he got five more. The guy who had two got two more. And the guy who had one, if he didn't use them, he got another one. Secondly, what's the affinity? What's your heart drawn to? What are you attracted to? Now, since I've been young, writing was a big... I loved to write. I know this is coming as a big shock to all of you. It's, it's the crafting of it that I like about it. I have a phrase, writing is hell, but having written is divine. And uh, it was always something I was interested in. And there was little opportunities that got presented to myself, even before I knew the Lord, that kept me on that track. When I went into service, I ended up being the editor of the base newspaper. And I was even committed to the Lord at the time. I was doing my own thing. But he had other plans of mine. So what is it you want to pursue? What skills do I want to develop? How do I want to get stronger? What really resonates with me? And then last but not least, what opportunities are presented to you? If nobody offers you a job or an opportunity to do something, it's probably not what you're supposed to do. If people won't buy what you're selling, (laughs) there may be a problem there. But these three things will come together. And in my story that I told you, an opportunity was presented to me. I had very raw abilities. I certainly had a strong affinity for it. So, in spite of a bad start in my own life, all these things came together until chapter 2. A quick break just to let you know about the Challenge Newsletter, a monthly publication that includes weekly reflections, feature articles specifically about workplace issues, and an insert to share with your coworkers, businesses, and friends. Check it out today by downloading it on our website at christiansincommerce.org. So 14 years, I told you, an exhilarating job. Everything fell apart. So the client that I had, the contact I had, retired. New people came on board. <clears throat> I got involved in another account and put somebody else in charge of this account and supervised it. And uh, all of a sudden, there was a little glitch that occurred on the account. And the CEO of my, our client called our CEO of our agency and the president of our agency and myself to lunch. And they, th- I, they thought, my CEO and my president thought they were going to ask for me to get more, re-engage with the account and get more involved. But you know what? I was the main course. 
the CEO of the agents of the client wanted my head. And so asked me to be taken off the account in front of my CEO and my president. And uh, when we got into the car, I just looked at him and said, you know what, you need to do what you need to do. <laughs> Don't fight this, you know, I'll be okay. So what ended up happening, I got assigned to small, obscure accounts. Some were pretty humiliating to work on. Before I was overseeing the work of 40 people, all of a sudden it was just me. And then you get called into new business. And I want to tell you, new business in an agency is not a lot of fun. It's very competitive and you have more help than you ever wanted. And it's all the top management's help. And all of them have opinions and they're all different. You've heard about herding cats, it's more like herding feral cats is what it's like. But you know, somebody came up to me and said something to me, that justice is something you seek for others, not for yourself. And that was the best piece of advice that I got. I would pray about switching to a new job, but I just, the word I kept getting was persevere. I just felt God was calling me to serve the Lord no matter what happened. Three years I was in limbo. I used to sit in the management meetings feeling like a green pulsating fluorescent orb because of my salary and the lack of anything to contribute. And then in a downturn of business, I got let go. But I'll tell you, I came out of that with a relationship that was more intimate and humility and trust that were stronger, teachable and more adaptable to whatever came my way. And this illustrates another important part, probably the most significant one, the dark side of our opportunities. Misfortune in God's hands is wrapped in, it wraps in a gift, a gift. There's a gift contained inside of misfortunes. All things work together for good that those who love the Lord live according to his purposes. I have learned more through misfortunes, and I'll bet you would say an amen to that, than I ever learned through my successes. You learn a lot about yourself from adversity. <laughs> it teaches you a lot about yourself. Difficulties, troubles, trials, they're the most beneficial experiences, the greatest teachers in our lives. So here's a tip about going into misfortunes. There's three ways you can react. You can resent them, you can resign yourself to them, or you can embrace them. Resent and resign will get you nowhere. It only make it a darker hole that you're in. But welcome them like a friend is my advice. Not like an unwelcomed intruder. Come on in. <laughs> Come on, have a seat. Let's see what this guy will do in this thing. And if you do, they won't define your lives. If you resent or resign them, they will define your lives. But if you embrace them as a friend, they will refine your lives, not define them. If you embrace them and put them to use, they become the chisels that shape our character. Christ's victory is complete. He is bigger than any misfortune that has come into our lives. He has risen, he is Lord, and he wants to keep us working for the Father. Christ's victory is complete. I think of the story of Joseph. 
in Genesis, sold out by his brothers, falsely accused by his employer's wife, thrown into jail. This ex-con ends up working for the Pharaoh and in charge of food distribution for a global enterprise. And then his brothers who betrayed him show up and he shows them mercy and looks at them and says, even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good in order to preserve a numerous people as he is doing today. And so the big thing to remember is the law of the gift. Jesus showed us the way. His treasure was the love of the Father and his love for others. This is the greatest gift we could give, our heart and our life for him and those he loves. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. About three or four weeks ago, usually when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is start talking to God. But usually the first thing I start talking about is the stuff I got on my plate and the things I would like some help with or things I'm concerned about or things that I'm burdened about. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. But this morning was very different. Literally, as soon as I woke up, I heard the Lord say to me, why don't you just give me your heart? And so I, I was just so moved by that. So I laid there for 15 minutes and just visually lifted up my heart to him. said, I'm yours. The rest is in your hands. And I know I touched the very core of what God's got called for each one of us. It's all about love. We don't do it because of what we get out of it. I got a lot out of walking with the Lord, but it's about him and my love for him. And that's where I want to grow. We admire talent, bright, skilled, skilled successful people. We admire, admire qualities, virtue, willpower, integrity. God looks into our heart. You know, I, people would say to me, you're a very mature Christian. You know, I'll tell you one thing, I'm a proficient Christian. You know, I know how to make this thing work and stuff like that. I want to be an intimate Christian. That's what I want to be. The giving of our heart is significant to him no matter how little or how much we have. And this is a great paradox of Christianity. To lose ourselves, we find ourselves. To save our life, we lose our life. Jesus was exalted because he humbled himself and gave his all. In this time and space, called to live boldly the life and love and devotion of our King, we say, take my heart, O Lord. Take my heart. Lead on, Lord Jesus. Lead on. The Holy Spirit is a spark that has fallen to the earth. He's like a magnet thrown into a field of iron filings. I used to do this when I was a kid, take a magnet out and run it through the dirt and come up with iron filings. Thrown into a field of iron filings that before had nothing to do with one another. This is what Christians of commerce like. It threw a magnet into us. We're like iron filings. And all of a sudden, we're attracted to the Holy Spirit. Now drawn together toward each other, connecting with each other, loving one another, putting into action and working for our Father. How is God calling each of us to take care of God's creation and one another? Lead on, Lord Jesus. Where, what is our heart being drawn to? What need is before us, do you see? Lead on, Lord Jesus. What abilities has the Father refined in you, has given you, Lead on, Lord Jesus. What opportunities are being offered to you? 
Lead on, Lord Jesus. How can I work for my Father, bring peace and harmony to our environments, bring respect and dignity to those around us, express the story and love of our Creator and Father with my life, to draw others into the work of our Father? Lead on, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. May our Father be glorified. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You'll want to check out our website at workingforourfather.com. It's constantly being updated with new content to support you and others in living your faith at work.